Welcome to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long. With your hosts, Calvin Wright and JT Runke. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Another week is in the books, all but Monday Night Football. Laughed, hopefully. Monday Night Miracles pull through this week. My co-host JT Runke and I, we are here to break down the winners and losers from each matchup today. How are you doing? Did you survive week five? Um, currently, it's not looking great for me in most <laughs> of my matchups because I, I did um, have the heartbreak of Anthony Richardson going down in uh, what was supposed to be a really big game for him. So um, that's tough, but otherwise... Um, struggling in a couple of my other matchups it was a it was a weird week but mm-hmm. um that that's how fantasy goes sometimes and it's starting to be the time of year where you start making some trades and shaking things up so i'll have to uh look at my teams and see how i can make myself better going forward yeah i've i've got one league i think i'm gonna have the fewest points scored on the season so far i i was going in on Wednesday night, I'm going against the worst team in the league. They have one win. This is, you know, it's like a bye week. It's like the old Cleveland Browns. And I say to my friends, say, I've got Richardson and Justin Fields. I, I like both of them. I think I go Richardson just because I feel like he has less potential to like completely dud. And that, I'm going to lose by about 10 points with a, a quarterback difference of 30 points on the bench. So, yep. fantasy football is painful, but... We play so that we can, you know, after that pain, have the glory of winning the next week when we shouldn't win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're going to start things off. Well, first big news, biggest winner of this week, I would say, is probably Jonathan Taylor. Just <laughs> got signed to a massive extension. Uh, you have to think that this is partially, they didn't think that they were going to be as good as they are, maybe. And now they're looking to potentially be in play for the playoffs in that division. So good news for Jonathan Taylor managers. You, you're you no longer wondering what's going to happen to him. He's back. Uh, but let's start off with the Jacksonville-Buffalo game and kind of walk through that one since that one was 9.30 a.m. On the Jacksonville side of things, do you have a winner or a loser? I mean, some I mean, I would say, yeah, I would say... Everyone had this winner was the Jacksonville offense. They looked uh, better against this Buffalo uh, Bills very hurt defense. Um, if if you are the Titans or the Ravens who are looking to play at London next week, I would hopefully keep my fingers crossed and pray that no one gets hurt on that field that took like seven or eight Buffalo yeah. Bills guys yesterday. And uh, you win or lose, you hopefully get back to the States uh, healthy because despite Tottenham Hotspur Stadium having a grass field, the NFL says, no, let's just not use the grass field and let's uh, let's use the turf. So um, interesting strategy there. But as I digress, I, I would say that winner is the Jacksonville offense. They all played very well. They did very well for you in fantasy, but also a loser in this game is the Jacksonville offense because it's really becoming kind of impossible to gauge every single week who is the start. I mean, Calvin Ridley has a huge game. He was going up against a a pretty banged up secondary, but seven receptions for 122 yards was also being used out of the backfield in a Debo Samuel type kind of way during this game. And then also, I mean, Christian Kirk also getting his due in this game, um, six for 78, and then Zay Jones with a touchdown. And when you look at it, neither of the three, all three of the wide receivers don't really have a defined role. Like it's not wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three in this offense. They don't really specialize. They just are used whenever the, um, (laughs) whatever Doug Peterson and that brass want to call that in that specific play. Right. So going forward, it's tough to uh, maybe it's a, a little bit of a disappointment for Calvin Ridley managers, but maybe it's making Christian Kirk to be one of the smartest draft picks this season. Yeah, I, I think that Ridley's the high upside. Kirk, though, if you want consistent, just plug him into your wide receiver spot and you're going to be fine. That's the guy. But I think a big loser is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, 315 yards. Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones all have good fantasy games. ETN explodes. And Trevor Lawrence sitting there with 12 fantasy points. So you get down to the red zone and then fumble it away. He did that twice. So... A really frustrating game from Trevor Lawrence. And now, he hasn't really had a great fantasy performance yet this season. 
heading into Indianapolis, are are you starting him or are you moving on to kind of waiver pick up streaming at the quarterback if you if you spend an earlier pick on Trevor Lawrence? I think it's going to have to depend on the matchup, um, but I would certainly look for other options. Um, CJ Stroud was a popular option this week. Yeah. Jared Goff also having a good week. Um, Russell Wilson even proving that he is a top 10 fantasy quarterback again with some impressive performances. So I think there are some other options and it kind of just depends on the matchup that week um, when you are considering a quarterback. But I think it is definitely a question. Lawrence is no longer just a set and forget kind of quarterback in your fantasy mm-hmm. lineups personally. Now on Buffalo, the biggest loser, the running game. What were there 10 total carries between the three of them? Yes. It just, I mean, None of them could really get anything going on the ground, but also when you have three attempts, it's hard to really judge the running back room. Uh, this was a game, the Buffalo Bills just came out, they were just throwing the ball. Just every play was a drop back and throw. Uh, so if you have any of the pass catchers, you're happy. And if you have Josh Allen, you're happy. But a, a disappointing game from from James Cook, especially in what was a decent matchup. I don't think I'm panicking, though. He gets the Giants next, which have been very nice for for fantasy football uh running backs to run against uh, they just gave up another you know 130 yards on 10 carries to Vaughn Achan so James Cook might be a good buy low are you trying to are you trying to buy James Cook right now off of a bad performance or are you just yeah. kind of staying away i i think i'm looking to buy on James Cook right now especially considering mm-hmm. just um his matchup and then also i think this was a really fluky game for for this Buffalo Bills offense. They didn't really look in sync, at least um, at the beginning of the game. And I think that's really what happened as they couldn't get anything going in the first two or three quarters and had to finally just air it out to Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis down the field. Um, So James Cook, even though uh, he is an integral part of the offense, still catching three balls for 25 yards, um, that run game was kind of just non-existent. Yeah, d- disappointing week. I think that um, it's at least a little encouraging that he did still see four targets. I mean, if you get negative rushing yards and score five points, that's better than it could have been. But nothing compared to ETN on the other side of the ball with that massive game. Uh, do you have any other takeaways from this one, or do you want to move on to uh, Atlanta-Houston? I think one more... Um... One more that you can start to consider an option. Gabe Davis has looked impressive um, and has looked very good in his role in this Buffalo Bills offense. Um, Had six of eight for a hundred and a touchdown this past week. Um, He scored touchdowns in four straight games. I think if you are looking for a a flex play um, that's high risk, high reward, definitely Gabe Davis is a good option to consider because when he when he does get a touchdown, he has a great fantasy day. But if he doesn't, um, he, he's that kind of boom bust player. But so far, I mean, four straight, um, kind of with his matchups that are, are coming up, could be a decent option. Yeah, I had some money on a touchdown for Gabe Davis, and with that last one, with you know a minute left, got called back. I was so frustrated, and then he and just then he, came right he, out. <laughs> it was like the fantasy gods were like, "We're we're getting Gabe Davis a touchdown today." Gabe, that was set yeah. in stone. Gabe Davis and David Montgomery touchdowns are are hitting a lot this year. <laughs> yes. On Houston Atlanta, this game, uh <laughs> highest scoring player was Desmond Ritter. I uh applaud anyone who started him. Started in three percent of leagues, so some people had the guts to do it. But this one was Stroud. People were very excited about this matchup. It didn't result in a massive fantasy game. The running backs, they couldn't get a ton going. Uh, there were some winners and losers, though. Do you want to talk about the tight end? <laughs> yes, we well, can start with Kyle Pitts, who finally had a, a breakout game. Um, seven receptions for 87 yards. However, um, cannot defi- d- dispute the fact that Johnny Smith also six receptions, 67 yards. So while Kyle Pitts does have a great day, and is the most targeted receiver for this Atlanta Falcons team. John o. Smith continues to just eat into those targets because he is Arthur Smith's boy. Um, he, he is a ride or die with him. So um, if you started comp- Kyle Pitts this week, congrats. Um, I, I still find it hard to trust him going forward. I think it's going to really depend on the matchup that they have. Um, and also, 
like you said, Desmond Ritter has a um, has a uh, just great um, day. I don't think he's going to have many more of those, to be honest. Um, but who knows? Maybe he's able to turn it around here. Yeah, it, it looked good. But Bijan Robinson, that's the fear is if they get Kyle Pitts and Drake London going, does that mean Bijan Robinson's role as a pass catcher is written out? A very disappointing game. I didn't quite understand what was going on. He had 14 carries and Algier had 17. I found that a little bit odd. I know that he did have a fumble, but he also had a one-handed touchdown grab. So I felt like that kind of redeemed it. Are you? Is this a time to buy low on B. John Robinson? Or is this a time to panic a little bit? Because yes, the ceiling is high, but the floor is its pretty low. This is in the last two in the last three weeks, he's had two games where he scores 10 points PPR. Uh, he's had three games a season where he hasn't reached 60 rush yards. And Algier continues to be a thorn in the side. He has not seen 20 carries in a single game this season. I don't think that'll happen. But he gets Washington next, which has been a, a good defense for your running back to go against. So are you panicking on Bijan or, or just saying, I'm hoping others are panicking time to trade for him? I would say he's a trade target. Um, I, I still, like you said, even though Tyler Algier gets 17 carries in this game, he still gets 14. He's also seeing a lot more targets in the uh, receiving game than Algier. And before this, like Algier was non-existent for two games. So I think it really just depends on the matchup. And I, I think Bijan Robinson, I still think you can be confident in him as a RB1 going forward. Um, so if you do have a manager who is panicking on Bijan Robinson, I, I think that's a good uh, trade target for this week, especially. Do you think that Arthur Smith has some like moral rule where he doesn't think he should use all three first round offensive weapons in the game? It has to alternate. You know, he got Kyle Pitts involved. OK, well, let's let's slow down to Bijan now. The next week, Bijan and Drake London will have like two two targets. Yeah, I mean, it certainly <laughs> is an interesting way to run your football team, but. Like I said at the beginning of the season, it's the it's the uh, Tennessee Titans of the NFC South. So it's the <laughs> NFC South Titans. So they're frustrating offensively, as you would expect um, from a a guy who was in who led the Tennessee Titans offense. Damian Pierce on the other side, he is another big loser once again. He has not been super efficient. He has not seen. He's getting more volume now, but but he has not found the end zone all but once. At this point, are you just benching? Damian Pierce, it's hard to keep putting him out there, but people are because the name where they drafted him. What do you do with with some of these Houston offensive pieces who have shown such little consistency? Yeah, and I think that's the big word right there, consistency. Um, obviously, Tank Dell goes halfway, goes down halfway through this game um, with three catches, 57 yards. Nico Collins is not able to step up today with only three receptions for 39 yards. Um, and then Dalton Schultz is the big offensive piece that kind of, if you played him this week, was a smart play. Um, but Damian Pierce, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, he was already in that RB2 but um, kind of category, but now it feels like he's fallen out of that and now has kind of fallen into bench slash flex streaming option territory. Yeah. So a little disappointing for him. Um, he does, uh, he also is, is a tough sell because of his playoff matchup. He gets the Tennessee Titans twice during the playoffs. Um, not my favorite matchup to go against if I'm a running back, especially as you get towards December. Um, so it, it's you're in a tough spot with Damian Pierce. So um, if I if I'm owning him, I'm hoping that the next couple weeks he can put in some big time performances, and then I'm trading him away before the deadline. The problem is he gets New Orleans next, which they've been incredible. I mean, I, I don't want to say oh. Zeke didn't have a great game, so Damian <laughs> Pierce can't. But they've been a, a really great defense. And then he has a bye week. So then we get to week eight, and and it will be middle of the season, and you have had one decent game from Damian Pierce. I I don't know if people want to trade for him. I I mean, look for the Texans fan. Look for the guy who you know believes that he is one of the most talented running backs in the league and just a bad system. Look for those people. But I think the big problem is this is a pass-first offense. And Damian Pierce is, is more of an afterthought. I don't think he sees 20 carries this week if if Dell hadn't been injured. Um, this game script was a little different after that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's starting to get worrisome. And then with Stroud and the receivers, I think they're all good to start in the future. 
but it's it's almost like the uh, the the Jaguars. You mm-hmm. can't really get a consistent feel, but the points will be there. So if you have them on the roster, you, you just kind of have to go with it. Yeah. Whereas the Jaguars, I feel like are more high end kind of confident starts. I think the, the the Texans receivers are kind of like your flex guys that you kind of set. Um, because they have boom buzz potential, they're going to see the targets. It's just a, depending on game script if they are able to actually cash in on them. Yeah, Stroud does look good though. I've I've been he continues very to impress. impressed. I've yes. been very impressed. All right, moving on, Carolina and Detroit. Not a lot of winners on the Carolina side of the ball except for Adam Thielen, who's doubled double the digit receptions yep. again and a touchdown. He's the number nine wide receiver on the season this year i i and the fact that i have not seen a single person on twitter or tiktok do a victory lap tells me not one nobody was in on it yes um adam old man adam thielen showing that he still has it um not because he's an explosive player but he's a really good route runner and he's a safety blanket for a struggling bryce young i look for this to continue for adam thielen I mean, honestly, it's gross to say, but I'm looking to probably buy some Adam Thielen stock going forward. Um, it, even with the matchups right now, like Bryce Young is going to be throwing the ball because they just truly cannot get anything going in the run game. Um, so it's tough right now for for the Carolina Panthers offense. But fantasy wise, Adam Thielen is looking to be pretty matchup proof because he's just seeing a absurd amount of volume. Yeah, PPR machine with garbage time every single week. That's that's dangerous in fantasy. Uh, he did catch a garbage time touchdown. So find the guy who... who find, you know that the Adam Thielen manager in your league does not want to start Adam Thielen. He knows that he <laughs> should, but I'm looking at it right now. Started in 62% of leagues. There is not another top 10 wide receiver that is being benched in 40% of leagues. The Adam Thielen manager feels gross plugging him into the lineup and if he can get someone younger with you know upside i i think that they probably will um the running back so miles sanders do you do you drop him 0.2 fantasy points i mean it, it's tough right now and with that offensive line um really struggling and then also bryce young also struggling there's not a lot but a lot of opportunity for him um i don't think he's a drop candidate but certainly you cannot play him right now until he puts together a few games and you start to get confident in him again. Yeah. And then on Detroit side of the ball, Jared Goff, he continues to impress. He should probably be, you know, rostered and started every week. He's still being treated as a streamer, only started in 44% of leagues, but he's a top 10 quarterback right now. And he's proven to be fairly consistent. He only has one really bad week. And uh, his weapons, they're great. Um, he did this without Amon Ross St. Brown, with a limited Jamison Williams. I have, I have full confidence in him to make things work. Sam Laporta, the big benefactor there. Uh, what do you make of, of the weapons here moving forward with Jamison Williams getting more involved, Amon Ra coming back, uh, and uh, Gibbs coming back next week? A lot, very, different, very different roster next week opposed to this week. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? Yeah, I think Sam Laporta is a must-start going forward. That connection that he has with Goff being used a lot in this offense, regardless if Amon Ra and other pieces are in this game or not. Um, he's a top-five tight end in the league right now in terms mm-hmm. of fantasy. Um, so you have to start him every week with confidence. Um, David Montgomery continuing to just have a dominant year there with the Lions in that offense. I think that continues. So. Um, Gibbs managers continue to be disappointed with that. Um, and then I may a culpa because I, I kind of went back on my own word. Um, I was pretty desperate this week, but when Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs went out, I was like, I have to do it. So I played Josh Reynolds this week and he <laughs> turned in a nice fantasy performance with a, with a touchdown and caught the most balls on the day for the, uh, Detroit lions. Like you said, Jared Goff, I, I think needs to be started, um, Week in, week out, I will say that he does a lot better at home, um, scoring more than uh, 22 points in each game he plays at home and then failing to uh, score more than 20 on the road. So we'll see if he can buck that trend this week against the Buccaneers. Um, But for right now, if you get Jared Goff um, playing at home, he's going to cash in in fantasy. What's the deal? What do you do now? 
Jameer Gibbs, because Craig Reynolds, whenever he's gotten the opportunity, has been about just as good. I mean, he went for seven for 52 and a touchdown. If Jameer Gibbs did that, we'd be going crazy. It, the offense doesn't seem to need him is the big problem. He's not on the field and they scored 42 points. Yes, it's against Carolina, but it's hard to make a case that this offense is better with him on the field opposed to David Montgomery. The idea then is, okay, well, if the game script is negative, he'll be used as a pass catcher. Well, their defense is great, and they aren't facing high-powered offenses this season, except for Kansas City, who they held. Uh, but for the most part, they're going against pretty bad offenses, but it continues. Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Vegas, all offenses that have shown the ability to put up you know, only 10 points. I mean, Baltimore just got beaten by Pittsburgh. So is there a path to fantasy success for Jameer Gibbs? Because I'm starting to think there's not this season, and it's time to just sell Gibbs for what you can because there's bound to be someone who believes in him. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a tough situation with him. Um, feels like they're using waiting to unleash him for like a playoffs when they start to get down to the nitty-gritty of real football, you know? Um, yeah. So, but for fantasy implications, it, he's just not getting the workload. And this team continues to be um, really a high octane offense with or without him. Um, so I think it's time to sell on him as well. It's sad, very sad, but uh, it might be the end for Gibbs. Now he's going to come back next year and be a top five running back. That's it's, what I was going to say. It has like, to happen. They're, they're, they're slow playing him next year. He's going to be that post hype guy that falls to like the sixth or seventh round in your drafts. And, you're going to get him and he's going to be a top 10 running back <laughs> next year. So um, if, if, year if, you're, if you're like yourself and, and you like Jameer Gibbs, just got to wait for next year, you know? Very <laughs> year early, yeah. All right, moving on, Tennessee, Indianapolis. Your, your Titans, they lost again. Are you still believing that Tannehill should be the starting quarterback or do you think this team should see what they have in Levis, see what they have in Willis? I mean... Tannehill hasn't been phenomenal. He's on track for like nine touchdowns. I'm yes, but also I mean, these games really haven't been Tannehill's fault this week. I mean, he's yet to throw in um, uh, not a lot of uh, touchdowns, but um, he's not throwing a lot of interceptions in these games. Um, but when he does, they are like you said, um, they are backbreaking ones. But he really hasn't been the total issue on this team. It's not like he's playing terrible football. Um, and, and like I continue to say, um, th this team is going to have Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback until Ryan Tannehill is either injured or just not on this team, um, which is maybe frustrating for people wanting to see a change, but it, it's just not going to happen right now. Um, the earliest you'd probably see... Um, Ryan Tannehill not be the starting quarterback for this team is maybe after the bye. Um, but then again, like if this team is two and four uh, after the bye, they get Atlanta, they get Pittsburgh, they play um, the Colts again, they play the Texans, um, they still have to play no the Jaguars ball. twice, a very softer part of the schedule. Um, so I think this team still thinks they can be competitive. And I see Tannehill being the quarterback um, going forward, which is still a good thing for. DeAndre Hopkins, who yeah. has a day. Um, machine. Very much had a uh, kind of, we got back to the mean of DeAndre Hopkins. He had a very D-hop day, um, not scoring a touchdown, but having 140 yards on eight receptions, had a total of 11 targets, 22 fantasy points in full PPR. Um, getting back to the old DeAndre Hopkins, I, cont I continue to think that that will um, only get better as he gets more and more into this offense. This offense, um, despite losing yesterday and only putting up 16 points, um, continues to look better and better each week. Um, and with his matchup against the Ravens this week, I, I still have confidence in him. It was funny because on, on Friday, I asked you, I said I haven't seen much of the Titans actually play. Is Hopkins, is he still Hopkins? And you said yes. And then I was watching Red Zone, and they showed this toe-tap touchdown. or It wasn't touchdown, but big gain, toe-tap where he contorted his body, grabbed it. Any other receiver, when they hit the ground, it would have popped out. And the commentator said, yep, and it's good to see that he's still Hopkins. Yep. Uh, he does look great. But the biggest loser on Tennessee, who do you think it is? Because I think it's a running back. And you're going to say Derrick Henry. I, I know. Um, he has been frustrating for fantasy. 
um, but he is still see he is still getting um, the bulk of the targets. He's getting the snap share, but I, I cannot refute the fact that Tyje Spears finally had a Tyje Spears game. He looked incredible in the receiving game. Gets a touchdown against this um, this Indianapolis Colts defense. Um, looked really impressive, but I, I continue to think that where Derrick Henry is a loser, Ty J Spears is also a loser because it will be a two-headed backfield here where mm-hmm. Derrick Henry gets most of the carries. And if you can get Derrick Henry a hole, he's going to rush for a lot of yards and, and um, score touchdowns. But if they cannot get that going, they're going to pass the ball to Ty J Spears and see if they can get him going. Um, so it's really is just dependent on how the offensive line in this offense is working that week. Sadly, I don't see a ton of upside because the game scripts will likely not be in favor of the Derrick Henry role. But he's still good enough. You know, you watch him, he's not bad. So it will continue to be, I think, him getting the bulk of the carries. But Spears is someone that if you're a keeper league, I think you should be targeting in trades here because he it's not just, oh, he's getting some carries and it's a good no, he looks really good when you when you watch him play. He is the type of running back who could definitely be a three-down workhorse back, I think. Uh, I don't know if that will ever be the case, that most backfields don't operate that way anymore. But I think he's very capable of a starting role in the NFL at some point in, in the future. So Yeah, and I think that's, what they're, the what, they're, yeah, what, that's what they're making him to be um, for a post-Derrick Henry lifetime. Mm-hmm. Now, will Derrick Henry, is this Derrick Henry's last year as a Titan? That's yet to be seen. Uh, I don't think... It's out of the realm of possibility that Derrick Henry is back next year. Um, but if he's not back, certainly Ty J Spears is, is looking good for dynasty purposes. Yeah, and stay patient because it took about three years for Derrick Henry to really come into his own. Uh, they didn't use him all that much to start his career. But on Indianapolis, this side of the ball, bad news for fantasy, bad news for the Colts. Anthony Richardson, grade three, uh, AC joint sprain likely out about a month could be a little more could be a little less depending on some of the the more MRI news we get but either way we're not going to have him for about a month and yeah, this it's tough I, man it's tough because he's been so good uh he's been so good and where he's been so good throwing the ball running the ball this injury affects both of those because if he I mean this is his what third injury of the season. I don't know if they can keep letting him run, especially with Jonathan Taylor back. But for Colts pass catchers, this is about as good as you could hope for with Gardner Minshew as a backup. He's he's probably one of the best, maybe the best backups in the NFL, I think. I mean, he's been very capable when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. When he's come in for relief with Anthony Richardson, he's looked the part of a, a starting quarterback. And yes, it's a downgrade, but if you have Josh Downs and you've been flexing him, if you have Michael Pittman, I think you can still start those guys. Yeah, I, th- I would agree with you. I think the biggest thing is that despite Jonathan Taylor being back, I, I-, I would, as you said, he's a winner for just being back. However, I-, I would temper expectations right now because Zach Moss is playing really, really well. 23 carries yesterday for 165 yards, two touchdowns caught both of his receptions for 30 yards. Even though they gave Jonathan Taylor a new contract, why try to wear out the tread on the tires so quickly? You know, I, I think going forward, because obviously without Anthony Richardson, um, he adds a dynamic level of play to this Indianapolis Colts team. And I think that they think that they're better than people thought they would be. Yeah. Um, so I think this backfield is a little bit more of a committee than I think people will like going forward, at least this year. Um, so Zach Moss, I think, uh, is going to be a thorn in the side going forward for Jonathan Taylor, but still good to see him back. Uh, I will say I actually like both of these guys, especially for the next month without Richardson in mm-hmm. because they, they, their matchups, they're, they're Jacksonville, Cleveland, New Orleans. Those offenses have not been as high scoring as a explosive as we've thought. These are games where running backs aren't going to get game scripted out. And without Richardson, Minshew being a game manager, I think that we could see Zach Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor basically be what Bijan and Algier were week one, where they're both seeing 17, you know, almost 20 carries each. And both of them behind this line are going to be able to dominate defenses. And they're both good pass catchers as well. I think that this is going to be just a fantasy goldmine in the backfield 
and I want any part of it, if if the Zach Moss owner is going, okay, time to sell, I'd be willing to buy. If the Jonathan Taylor owner goes, oh gosh, now Zach Moss is good, he's not going to get the work, I'd be willing to buy Taylor as well, just because I think there's going to be abundance of opportunity in the backfield for both of these guys. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so I think both of them are solid um, RB2s going forward because of how much volume, like you said, they're going to get. I can't believe Zach Moss is like actually a really fancy relevant running back this year. That was not it's, on my bingo card. He's RB6 right now, I believe, in most leagues, um, in most categories. So um, good good for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, certainly a bounce back for from where his career started in Buffalo. Um, but yeah, he's finding himself and carving himself a role in Indianapolis. I'm sure we all expected going into week six, talking about how you need to roster and start Adam Thielen and Zach Moss. I'm sure that's, you know, <laughs> what everyone was thinking. So yep. fun season so far, but, but odd. Um, Miami and Giants. This one was a beat down. I, is there a winner on the Giants side of the ball? Darren Waller finally had a good performance. <laughs> I mean, mm. Yeah. Outside of him, I mean, he had eight receptions for 86 yards. Um, did not see Saquon once again. Um, so his managers, I believe, are probably a little frustrated with with how his season has gone so far. We'll have to see because most, I believe most of them probably thought that he was going to be back this week. Turns out to not be. Um, so you kind of wonder how, how, how close is Saquon truly to being 100% healthy? Um, that'll be an interesting thing going forward. And then also, is Daniel Jones headed to the injury? Uh, is is he headed to a short-term IR, um, which would definitely throw a, a thorn in the side of all Giants fantasy options if Tyrod Taylor becomes um, the starting QB. Yeah, the the winner is Darren Waller managers who can now trade him away. Yes. <laughs> the loser is anyone who buys in. Yes. My, okay, here's my fear with Saquon, because I was trying to acquire him in some leagues. First off, why weren't they just honest from the start? What was that whole, oh, he might be good for Thursday night three so, weeks ago? I, yeah. I don't get that. But if if they're now one and four, next they've got Buffalo. You can write that in as one and five. If Daniel Jones goes to the IR, could we see Saquon, his recovery just, you know, happen to take a lot longer than they initially expected? And I mean, I mean, they're not going to be in contention by about week six or seven. It's going to be about season over for I the mean, Giants. Yeah, it might not. And obviously they did not go the Jonathan Taylor route, only signed him to a one-year contract. Is there a possibility we see him dealt at the trade deadline yeah. with how bad this team is? Um, not sure. Um, that could be an interesting possibility. So kind of just wait and see with Saquon. But obviously if if you drafted him with, well, like a first round pick, like most people did, um, a later first round pick, um, you got to be kind of disappointed. Yeah, I, I think that the hope, if you have Saquon, is that he gets dealt somewhere else because this line is, I mean, it's comical. The, yes. There are memes about the line. I mean, uh, I forget the name of the guy, it might be Neil. Evan Neil? Yeah. I, some of that stuff, I don't understand <laughs> how these, this offensive line is an actual NFL line. And, if Saquon comes back, he's probably just going to get hurt running behind them again. I mean, Tyrod Taylor played for the fourth quarter, and he was slow to get up a few times. Um, poor Tyrod. He's kind of <laughs> gotten killed his whole career. But, my uh, gosh. Wandale yeah, was, was looking good if you're in PPR, and then he got hurt as well. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough for him. Had five receptions for 18 yards, so he was getting targeted early and often in that game. But... Um, it's going to be tough to start any of these Giants uh, fantasy pieces going forward. Um, however, on the opposite side of the field, easy to start every single uh, Miami player every single week. Tyree Kill puts in another Ty Tyree Kill performance. He continues to, I think, be the wide receiver one in all fantasy platforms. Um, Jalen Waddle finally gets a touchdown, although also kind of you are a manager of him. Um, yeah, he's not seeing the same... He's not seeing the same production that he did last year. Um, he's only had five, he had five receptions for 35 yards uh, and a touchdown. Completely different to Tyree Kill's eight and 181 yards and touchdown. Um, and I think really why he's not seeing it because there is a, a just absolute uh, menace in the backfield in Devon mm -hmm. Achan, um, who finally, uh, despite all the memes, 
banging the table, Devon Achan, RB1 season is here. Been saying it ever since before the season started. Maybe it was a little bit of me. Maybe I kind of was hoping it would be true. It is true. The dude has uh, absolute insane speed. Um, he's even faster than Tyree Kill, and, and it, it is becoming a problem. And I just don't know how um, these defenses can stop him. Um, so if you if you picked him up or you drafted him as a flyer, congratulations on Devon Achan this he's season. The league. <laughs> um, he's he's a league winner right now. Um, he's also had one uh, target for 14 yards, so he's getting involved there. Raheem Mostert. Um, still being fantasy viable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, despite he, him having only one less carry, I mean, he didn't have the yards, but 6.5 yards per carry has a touchdown, catches two balls for 13 yards. Like uh, he's not the RB one on this team anymore. Um, but he, I think he's still going to carve himself out a role in that offense. So I like him as an RB two going forward. Mostert's got to be frustrated because he's he's going for six yards of carry, uh, and and he's getting you know half the production yeah it, I mean, six six and a half else. yards to carry is pretty good until you realize that the other running back is going for 15 yards to carry <laughs> i okay i don't want to discredit achan or or mostert but we got to take a second and think about how incredible these matchups have been for the running back denver yes buffalo i mean we're seeing them get torched by running backs on the weekly now uh etn just went for 36 on them the giants and now guess what they get in week six? Carolina. I mean... Yes. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, <laughs> after that, you get uh, Philadelphia, New England, and Kansas City. So maybe we see a, a little, little bit tougher. of reg- regression there, but um, for them at least. But for the wide receivers, specifically Tyreek Hill, I see no signs of slop- oh. or sl- slowing down. The, the, one, the one player I actually am concerned about in Miami, everyone else is just keep playing them, um, but Jalen Waddell... Yeah, I, I get a little worried because Hill, it doesn't matter what's going on in the game. Hill gets his. Uh, he, he gets target enough. He's elite enough that he'll end up with a great game. But now we suddenly have this Miami Dolphins offense that over the past three or four weeks has been averaging basically 200 yards on the ground. That mm-hmm. cuts a lot out from Jalen Waddle. I mean, it, it cuts some out from Tua even. Uh, just, just having that production from the ground so I don't really know if Waddle has the ceiling that he used to have. Uh, I, I don't see him having the opportunity to... I mean, last year, there were games... Week 2, 19 targets. Week 6, 10 targets, 10. He was seeing an average about 6, 7 targets a game. This year, it's been lower. The production's been lower. Do you think that it's, it's just going to be a, a much worse season for Jalen Waddle full-time than we thought? Because we're getting uh, yeah. into the season enough that we can kind of say this is the Dolphins. They have a different identity. Yeah, I mean, they do have a different identity. And I think Jalen Waddell, uh, you kind of drafted him to be in that wide receiver one uh, conversation. But he's clearly just a solid wide receiver two. And, and that's just kind of how it, it goes this season with the emergence of that run game and what Mike McDaniel is doing. Um, so yeah, tough for him. But I mean... And you're also like, I think the one thing that you can, if you're a Waddle manager, maybe you'll get more of those Tyree Killers off Waddle or on games coming up here. Maybe you get a little bit more consistency with him and uh, his ability to go off. But right now, all signs are pointing to Tyree Kill is the main focal to- focal point of this uh, passing attack. And Jalen Waddle is a nice complimentary p- piece. Yeah, it's disappointing season if you draft him because there there was a lot of hype coming in. Mm-hmm. All right, New England, New Orleans. Bailey Zappi scored 0.8 fantasy points, and he outscored Mac Jones. Mac Jones with <laughs> negative two points. His second week in a row with negative fantasy points. I ha- I haven't seen that uh, before for a quarterback. That's that's pretty impressive. It's um, not great, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't great. coming from kneeling down at the end of the half. He didn't get negative rushing yards from kneel downs in victory formation. No, he's a pick six machine. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, not, not, a, not a lot else to say right now. If you have a Patriots offensive player like Ramondre Stevenson, um, it's time to bench him. This team is not going to get any better, and I really am concerned about his fantasy output. On the other side of the ball, um, 
even though they won 34 nothing, like I, I think two of those touchdowns came off defensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it really offense only scored 20 points in this game. Alvin Kamara uh, continues to be the focal point of this uh, offense since coming back. 18.7 fantasy points this week. Um, and then Derek Carr just throwing the ball all around. Not really a wide receiver one. Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and then even a little bit of Rashid Shahid uh, are, are all getting um, kind of a a share of, of this passing attack. Chris Olave's day was saved by a touchdown, but outside of that, um, he had two receptions for 12 yards. So, I mean, a down day for Chris Olave, and it continues to be a disappointing season for him. Yeah, I think things get better with Derek Carr getting a little healthier. Uh, you no, know, he, stro- he threw downfield a bit more this week, but last week especially, he just, it was check down city. I mean, Kamara had, what, nine receptions all for 30. Oh, no, he had 13 for 30 yards, yeah. So I think that Derek Carr's shoulder isn't quite right, and I think that as that heals more, I think that Chris Olave will start to reemerge. Um, especially, additionally, New England and Tampa Bay past two weeks, two offenses that are not high-powered. I mean, New Orleans scored zero, obviously, and that really has has made it so that the offense is not needing to push the ball downfield. But we get Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Chicago, Minnesota next four weeks before the bye. All offenses that I would say are much better than the previous two. So I don't think it's time to panic for Alave. I think it's been a combination of game script matchup and his quarterback dealing with an injury. Um, he's honestly someone that I'm, I'm targeting if I'm tra- trading right now. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think he's a buy low target for sure. Um, and that is a fair point that his matchups have been uh, pretty tough the past couple weeks. Yeah, I just is there. You can't start anyone on the Patriots ever again, right? <laughs> I mean, not until we see some better offensive production here. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is a you have to bench him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he only had he had eight carries for 24 yards in this game, um, only getting three yards a carry. Um, not what you want to see out of him. And then Ezekiel Elliott had uh, eight carries for 21 yards. So, I mean, it's tough right now if you have Ramondre Stevenson because he's not seeing the uh, the receiving work either. Maybe that changes with the, with the changing quarterback and just kind of um, having him as a security blanket, getting more uh, looks in the passing game. But for right now, he's a must bench. Is it time for me to bench Juju Smith-Schuster? Should I move on? <laughs> I, I would if you haven't already. I, I don't know what else you're waiting for. Yeah, not not a lot to talk about through this game. Just a lot of losers all around. Yes. <laughs> uh, moving on, Baltimore Pittsburgh. This ten to seventeen. Oh, I'm sure Pittsburgh scored. You know, a touchdown, two touchdowns, <laughs> and a field goal. What a bizarre scoring day for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a horrible day for the pass catchers from Baltimore. Um, they just dropped everything. There's no way that that Bateman and Odell Beckham survive that London grat- turf, right? I mean, it, it'll be tough, man. I, I think it will be tough. Um, I mean, Mark Andrews puts in a okay day, but once again, like Mark Andrews is not putting up top five tight end production. Justice Hill is like the most productive uh, piece of this offense yesterday, which yeah. is saying something. Lamar Jackson has a pretty dud day. Um, on the other side of the ball, George Pickens ha- has a career game here. Six receptions for 130 yards, including that game-winning touchdown. Um, Najee Harris continues to disappoint. 14 carries on for 37 yards. Um, if you're If you're looking to start a guy in this offense, I guess I would probably say George Pickens right now. Um, but then also Deontay Johnson could come back after the bye next week. Um, so once again, like I, I think maybe this Pittsburgh d- team kind of gets on track with their with their schedule coming up here. Um, but for right now, like maybe George Pickens outside of that, not crazy about any other options. It's time for a prediction. And I've I've been spotty with running backs this season, but I'm here to say that I am of the belief that coming out of the bye this week. Jalen Warren takes over and is the the lead back for Pittsburgh. Najee Harris, he is getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage at a pretty uh, remarkable rate. 
It, it's t- I saw and, someone say that uh, that he, when he runs, uh, he runs like he's wearing jeans. He really I think does. I've said that yeah. um, before on the show, but like that's he's just not it a does. good runner right now. And look, Jalen Warren has outscored him, I think, every single week of the season, but it hasn't resulted in in a ton of fantasy points. And you haven't started him. And I think that in a lot of leagues, people are grossed out by Pittsburgh. They have a bye week. They might be trying to add Jaleel McLaughlin, someone. I think Jalen Warren hits the the waivers in a lot of leagues and is forgotten. And I think that over the back half of the season, Jalen Warren will be a very startable option. He's seen a ton of volume as a pass catcher. If you just add in, you know, five extra carries on the ground, which I think is plausible. I think Jalen Warren becomes a solid RB too. And oh, if Matt Canada gets fired, Jalen Warren's going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe that's the hope that Matt Canada gets fired and then um, the team gets back on track. Yeah, that's Jalen Warren's one of my top targets to trade for. I don't think there's any real way for Najee Harris to continue seeing the bulk of carries given how how just bad he's been. He's been bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and if you have Najee, trade him for whatever you can. You probably can't get much. Maybe someone wants to buy the name. But the whole story of his success in 21, it was incredibly efficient. But he was seeing so much volume as a pass catcher, finding the end zone a lot. That is no longer even an option. There isn't a path for him to see. He had a game in his rookie season with 19 targets. That is never happening for Najee Harris again <laughs> in his career. So Jalen Warren, I, I'm trying to pick up... Um, Zay Flowers, I think, is someone's target as well. It wasn't a great fantasy game, but there was a lot of opportunity left out there. He got like yes. punched in the face <laughs> and dropped one. He had a deep shot where he lost his footing and just fell down. He Zay Flowers was a few inches away from having a monster game, and the other receivers were even worse. Nelson Aguilar was some of the worst drops I've ever seen. Odell Beckham is no longer a relevant NFL player. I think Zay Flowers, he's going to take over uh, pretty soon. And he's someone that I think is flying under the radar because some of these other rookies have been so dominant. Yeah, and I mean, Zay Flowers still, I mean, putting up the 12.3 fantasy points. So five receptions for 73 yards. I think he's going to continue to be used like that. He gets a really good matchup against the Tennessee Titans this week. Um, So yeah, I think he's a good trade target. All right, moving on. Cincinnati, Arizona. Cincinnati finally got back on track. This is exactly what you want to see if you... Actually, probably more than you were expecting if you had Jamar Chase. Yep. 192, three touchdowns on 15 receptions, 52 fantasy points. And just like that, he's back to being a top five wide receiver. Yep, the I mean, windows <laughs> closed. <laughs> yes, I mean, the, the, the 19 targets he saw in that game. My God, um, I, I think that continues. Uh, mostly I think he got those 19 targets because of the absence of T Higgins. T Higgins usually probably going to see eight to 10 targets. So even, uh, even if, even if T Higgins is back, that 19 targets becomes 11 or 10 targets. Like you're still going to perform with that amount of targets. I like Jamar Chase. Um, if you stuck with, stuck with him, you're getting rewarded now with a big fantasy week from him. Um, so a, a pause to managers there outside of that. I mean, um, I mean, Tyler Boyd had an okay day replacing um, T. Higgins. He did see some some targets still, uh, six receptions for 39 yards, but wasn't a factor. Joe Mixon um, having an okay day as well, still being used in that offense. Um, didn't have the best day, but no. um, he, he, he was okay this week. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, unfortunately, we have to talk about... Um, James Conner going out with an injury, yeah. which is very frustrating because he continues to look really good um, and he's good at football, but he just cannot stay healthy. Um, I think the re- early reports is that he just got his foot stuck in the turf, which uh, on the field, which and they kind of just like twisted awkwardly. So um, something to keep an eye on throughout the week. Yeah. And DeMarcado, Amari DeMarcado, the backup is definitely someone to target on the waivers this week. Uh, interesting to note, after Connor went out, DeMarcado was the only running back to touch the ball. So if Connor is out for an extended period of time, or if this is the start of the, the yearly injuries for Connor, 
Demarcado uh, by volume alone will probably be startable as a flex, I think. And one other name I want to say is I think there's a decent chance that T. Higgins misses again because they got the week seven bye. Um, so I would not be shocked if they don't rush him back. And Trenton Irwin, he saw 10 targets, not a crazy production, 60 yards. But if you're in PPR, I think that Trenton Irwin is someone that if you're a little desperate, you can pick up and flex this week if Higgins is out. Uh, yes. This 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 offense, when they're working, they want to throw the ball a lot, 46 attempts. And they want to get it out quickly, which yeah. is good for Jamar Chase. And it's good for slant guys like Trenton Irwin, not so good for guys like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins mm-hmm. currently with Joe Burrow's injury. As he gets healthy, maybe we see that change a little bit. We kind of saw it change a little bit with Jamar Chase getting the ball downfield um, this week, so maybe we're kind of seeing that change. But um, for right now, as he nurses that injury, if T. Higgins is out, Trent Irwin definitely the play. Yeah, and I think that if Higgins is out, it's time to trade for him because that's out, out, bye week, and then San Francisco that's really you're looking at four straight weeks where the T Higgins manager isn't happy with him on the roster and he'll be really cheap. I think around trade deadline season. Yeah. All right. Philadelphia Rams, Philadelphia improves to five and O Jalen hurts. If there were any questions of him looking a little rusty to start the season, I think people are, are no longer worried after two straight 24 plus point games. He's the quarterback two on the season. DeAndre Swift continues to get it done, doesn't he? he yes. It's, uh, and then the wide receivers, A.J. Brown was the only one. A.J. Brown had a really good day. It was the Dallas Goddard game, yeah. eight receptions for 117 yards for Dallas Goddard and a touchdown um, after the first two receptions where he's just eating. I was like, oh, it's going to be the Dallas Goddard game. Um, so if you held on to him, you cash in. I'm not expecting him to continue to do that every single week. Um but yes, it was his game. And unfortunately, um, Devontae Smith does not see any action in this game, only catching one ball for six yards. So if you are a Smith manager, not feeling great about that. A.J. Brown managers continue to, to eat on volume. Six receptions for 127 yards. But even in the win, the biggest story is that Cooper Cup is back. Eight receptions, 118 yards. Puka Nakua continues to be fantasy relevant. Seven receptions, 71 yards and a touchdown. I think we see a lot of that going forward. I think both these guys are startable wide receiver ones week in and week out. Sean McVay knows how to use these guys. And I think you're going to continue to see both of them be fantasy relevant. And we get Arizona this coming week. They're both going to just explode. They're going to feast. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be scary. Uh, are you worried about Kyron Williams? Because I have been of the belief that he's not very good. Um, and it, it, as a football player, yes, yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, 13 carries for 53 yards wasn't really involved in the uh, passing, in the passing game attack with day, today. I would say that it's very matchup dependent. If yeah. it is a if it is a good matchup against a pretty bad run defense, Kyron Williams is really good. Um, if if it's a tough defense like it was Philadelphia, um, or Cincinnati has been stingy sometimes against the the run that's where you're going to see him falter this week I think is a good matchup and then he goes and faces Pittsburgh which probably won't be a great matchup he faces uh Dallas after that probably two out of three are not going to be good but then you look at his fantasy um playoffs you get uh teams like Baltimore Washington and New Orleans so um I would be considering trying to sell high on Kyrie mm-hmm. Williams because of his playoff schedule and just how it, it's not uh, the best for running backs, but Pyron Williams is still going to be involved, I think. The, the problem with me is he seems to be completely touchdown dependent. I mean, if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's not just a, a down game. No, it's it's seven, eight fantasy points in the two games he hasn't scored a touchdown. So it seems to be very touchdown dependent. And now with Cup back, I can't imagine the touchdowns stay at, as high as they've been for him on the season. So I think Arizona, you can start him. I think there's a chance that LA is up big and they run it a bunch with him at, at the end. But after Arizona, I think it's time to sell Kyron Williams. Uh, Pittsburgh, that's not going to be a great game. Dallas, Green Bay, I don't see a lot of success for Kyron Williams down the road. And I think that such a touchdown dependent back, being number five running back right now, you can capitalize and get someone who's going to be more consistent, more reliable without having to have two touchdowns each week to, to have a good game. Yep. 
Should we talk about the uh, the Brees Hall resurgence? Oh yeah, twenty eight points. Wow, he's he's good. He's good. He's good. Twenty two carries for one hundred and seventy seven yards. A touchdown. Also caught all three of his targets for seventeen yards. Dalvin Cook is dead in the water, only carrying the ball six <laughs> times for twenty three yards. Um, he looks pretty old and doesn't have a lot of juice. Whereas Brees Hall looks to be. Back to his own ways, completing the cycle. He tours ACL against the Broncos last year, comes out and falls out. I think you have a RB1 for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially Delvin Cook. It's hard to to really explain how bad he's been if you haven't watched him play. But yes. he should not be rostered at this point. It's the Brees Hall show. I think if Brees Hall goes down with an injury, I think Michael Carter takes a lot of the work. Brees Hall or Delvin Cook, it's like Najee Harris without the occasional big run. <laughs> um, yes, I, I would agree. The wide receivers, it just they didn't really throw the ball. It was just it was the Brees Hall show. Um yes. It was just I mean, Brees he, Hall today. He looks he looks very much to be involved in this offense. I'm interested to see if he goes up against some more stingy run defense. As the Broncos are the the worst run defense in the league right now. Um so Brees Hall feasts against that, how he does against better uh, competition we'll have to see, but he is going to be heavily involved. I would say right now, go trade for Isaiah Pacheco because he gets Denver uh, another matchup and then Denver. So Isaiah Pacheco gets to face Denver twice in the next three weeks. You can you can buy Pacheco right now and pretty much buy two wins. Denver is giving up it's like 40 points a game to the running back position. It's unreal. And and that's not an outlier with Miami. We're seeing every team that runs on them just has the best game of the season. So Isaiah Pacheco is going about to go crazy. <laughs> that's a good matchup. I Yes. Um Jaleel McLaughlin though overshadowed by um being on De- Denver. <laughs> um, yes. But he's now put together two really good games uh, on limited opportunity. What's what do you make of this with uh um with what's Javante Williams likely being back? Um, I I I mean I think Jaleel McLaughlin is going to continue to be fantasy relevant, if not kind of contest to take over this yeah. role. I think since coming better. back, Javante Williams has not looked himself, and I think Jaleel McLaughlin gives them um a way to still have production in the run game and get Javante Williams healthy. So I think. Jaleel McLaughlin must be rostered in all leagues and can be considered a borderline flex play each week. Yeah, he's he has way more juice than either Perrine <laughs> or or Williams right now. And Marvin Mims, oh boy, we need to talk about that because he's he's good, but I don't think the Broncos want to win right now. <laughs> I, I really don't because there's no other explanation for him running one route. Um, the wide receivers for the Broncos. I don't know how they're scoring so low with, with Russell Wilson actually having decent games. It's it's a little odd. Uh, it doesn't really compute yes. that Judy has 11 points, Sutlin has two, Johnson has one, and Mims has negative one. And then Russell Wilson is currently the number eight quarterback on the season. I, what are you doing with these wide receivers? Um, trying to get trying to get off of them, sell them <laughs> okay. as 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 pieces to combine with a bigger piece, you know, kind of to do trades. Um, I'm not comfortable starting any of these guys right now. I think Jerry Judy maybe is the guy, unfortunately, that you have to start because he is seeing the targets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they are not playing sound offense, um, not scoring a lot of points. So that just doesn't lead to production. Although Russell Wilson is somehow finding himself to be a top 10 fantasy <laughs> quarterback right it. now. So I, I'm, I, I'm confused how it works, but it does. So You watch a game and you go, oh man, he's, he's not playing well. And then you check the box scores not good. And then you look at the fantasy points and somehow they're there. I'm yes. not, I don't really get it. Um, moving on, Kansas City and Minnesota. Uh, this, I, I love that tweet that was from some Swifties saying how we need grass in all 32 stadiums. Yes. <laughs> um, the big scare of the day, Travis Kelsey, go, go, comes up on that one uh, reception Goes into the locker room and then somehow he just he just comes out, out and he's fine again. Thank so you for I, not I saying he shook it off. Thank you for yeah, not saying that. I I would never. Good. Um, he comes out and continues right where he left off. Ten receptions, eleven or ten receptions on eleven targets, sixty-seven yards, and catches a touchdown. 
um, puts in another Travis Kelsey performance today, finally getting over that 20 mark. Um, I think he's going to continue to be fantasy relevant. He gets a Denver next week and then the Chargers after that. And then Denver, like you said, um, I think if you continue to want to trade for Travis Kelsey right now. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Uh, Justin Jefferson, another scare. Hey, yes. He got hurt. Uh, it's a hamstring injury, which not great because even if it's not you know season ending, that's the sort of injury that they come in re-aggravate it's a season-long process a lot of times with wide receivers Mm -hmm. um so we don't have a ton of information yet but jordan addison he's already been a great rookie but he would become the one probably on this offense over osborne and powell and i think he's capable i would agree um I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Jordan Addison. And if you have him, he becomes a must start if Justin Jefferson misses an extended period of time. And let me let me say something. Chicago coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan that's Addison gonna, might be a start of the week. I agree. Um, the running backs, it's just gross. It's, <laughs> it's gross. Madison yes, I mean, didn't have a good Alexander Madison, eight, eight, uh, eight carries for... Uh, 26 yards. He does score a touchdown on a uh, on a reception. Cam Akers um, only getting, I think, uh, five carries for 15 yards, three point yard, three yards to carry against a tough uh, Kansas City defense. Sees two targets, catches both of them. Um, I, I think they're both going to eat each other up alive in this backfield. So it becomes pretty tough to start both of them right now. It's a hot hand approach, and they're both cold. Yes, uh, they do get. Here's here's what's frustrating against Chicago. Someone's going to have a good game. I agree. Someone yes. is going to. Who's it going to be? Because Madison, I know he salvaged day with a touchdown. He had a pretty crucial uh, dropped screen pass on like a third and ten in the red zone. Again, I there don't is. know how much longer he. I mean, his snap percentage was only fifty this week. That was odd. Um, I I just Minnesota. Apart from the wide receivers, I'm not. <laughs> really interested in and Kirk Cousins I, I do like for fantasy he's now getting more respect he's no longer just a streaming option but it's ironic whenever he has a good game they lose his one bad game of the season eight points against Carolina that's the one they won but yeah I I don't think you can confidently start either running backs Hawkinson I agree. Hawkinson he had a somewhat disappointing game especially with Justin Jefferson going out he wasn't able to capitalize really one good game on the season are you starting to get, and he's still the tight end three, are you starting to get a little worried about Hawkinson, the lack of involvement? I mean, personally not. I, he's seeing the targets, and if Jefferson's out, that only increases his volume. So if you have a manager who is concerned with his production, I, I would go trade for him. All right, yeah. I I think he's a good buy-low opportunity. A bit of San Francisco they should lose, but then they got you know Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans. Denver again so offenses that aren't gonna have Minnesota always just chasing from behind so mm-hmm. the final game of the week San Francisco Dallas the losers Dallas the winners San Francisco <laughs> I, I think it's pretty easy as that I mean uh, it's the George Kittle game he gets three touchdowns and all of a sudden he's back to his scoring ways I think George Kittle is very touchdown dependent going forward um, still only seeing three receptions on the day um but because of that, I mean, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel do not have good days. Christian McCaffrey continues um, to be um, just a great fantasy option. He's still the running back one on the season and I think will continue. Didn't see a lot of uh, involvement in the um, receiving game, but they also took him out um, yeah. pretty uh, early in this game because they were up by so much, with, which led to... Um, the backup Mason getting a lot of touches, also scoring. He had a good fantasy day. Probably the handcuff you want while Elijah Mitchell is out. Um, you had of the ball, a good game too. Kyle Juszczyk also did have a good one. Kyle Juszczyk has a very fantasy relevant game. That's that's when you know the other team did not come to play. And Dallas certainly did not come to play in this game. Tony Pollard disappointing day. C.D. Lamb disappointing day. Um, just not a not a good day for this um, Cowboys offense and you know that that's just going to uh, it's the roller coaster of Cal- of Dallas Cowboys where next week they're just going to go nuclear against whoever they play. And I think it's time we officially view Purdy as 
a starter in fantasy football. He's been he's been fantastic. Last yes, three weeks, 19, 21, 26 points. That's we've seen him be really um, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. We've seen him, you know, have as they say, a good system quarterback. But last night he was extending plays through four touchdowns. I felt like that was a bit of a coming out party for for Purdy. It wasn't as much of him just sitting back there and taking just what the defense he was throwing downfield to Kittle. He looked fantastic. Still undefeated as a starter in a regular yes. season. And you can't really say it was a loss in the playoffs. He had no arm. <laughs> um, I would agree. Kittle, big bounce back too. Um, that's good to see. He's been pretty disappointing, but this is why you have George Kittle. It's because he, unlike any other tight end, really has this sort of upside, but you just have to deal with the inconsistency from Kittle and, and just trust that every once in a while, he'll get 30 out of him. Yeah. I Are you staying with, with, Dallas, do you think it bounces back? I mean, obviously, this is a low, but Chargers and then bye week and then Rams and then Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a tough what stretch. What are you doing I Pollard? I mean, I think you're looking for a, a, either selling this week or selling right after the bye um, on Tony Pollard. I think they're going to have a great week this week against a high-scoring uh, LA Chargers game. That's going to be a shootout potential for sure. So if you have a Cowboys player, you're playing them next week for sure. After that, you might you might want to try to capitalize on on selling. Yeah, especially if the defense is no longer, you know, one of these top tier defenses with a lot of the injuries they've had. The game scripts will not be in favor of Pollard. Uh, I mean, only eight carries last night. They just they can't run the ball when you're down thirty two points. It just doesn't work. So disappointing game from Dallas. San Francisco improves to five and zero. Oh. They look like the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Hope your Monday Night Miracles come true, and we'll see you next time.